Fabian Phillips runs Girl Talk, confidence-building motorcycle lessons for women. But it's so much more than just learning. We chat to her about running a successful motorcycle-based business. Fabian herself also has an amazing riding history. We chat to her about her first bike being her French grandmother's mobilette, as well as her amazing motorcycle tour through Italy. We pick up the conversation talking about where the name Girl Talk came from. I was in fact at the hairdresser. Yep. My hairdresser said, and I was telling her about it and she said, oh, what about Girl Talk? And I was thinking, oh, is that T-A-L-K or is that T-O-R-Q-U-E? And she said, no, no, T-A-L-K. No, no, we know that's not <laughs> yeah. like T-O-R-Q-U-E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's how the name was born. Nice, nice. Do you have to pay royalties, yeah, with uh, with the name? Hairdresser. <laughs> yeah, you get free hairdress. Yeah, yeah, but, um, it, yeah, it was really organic how it sort of came about, but I don't know, I'm happy with it. And where did the idea of the business itself come from? It's it, seems pretty natural, like it's a very natural fit. So where did you obviously saw that there was a need for it though? Yes, I did through my own journey. Mm. And that was that was that was interesting. Um, look, I've always been active. I loved I've been a snow skier since I was four. I'm actually mm. a ski instructor. Um, nice. I loved I, um, we had a, a 49.9 cc mobilette that was belonged to my grandmother. She lived I actually had it on my list to ask you about that as well because oh, it's like one of the key things you always ask is whenever you meet another motorcyclist, you've, the first thing you always ask is, "Oh, what do you ride?" Yeah. And then I saw in your in your um, in your website profile you're about us. You had mentioned that. I was like. I've seen those around. The good, it's the one with the pedals, yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and, smart. and then the uh, motor kicks in. It's so how does that work? So you pedal, you actually pedal along, and then it kicks in. It kicks in, yeah. The all forty nine point nine nine C, forty forty nine point nine. No indicators. I mean, this was built for you know. Gosh, my grandmother was riding it in the in the forties, thirty forties, fifty. Yeah. Wow. And um, she had actually, she lived down the south of France and she had an accident at night riding from Biarritz to Saint-Jean-Luz on the road there. And um, when I got it restored, we couldn't actually find a new casing for the light and that was the ding that my grandmother um, put in the bike when she had this accident. Yep. I sort of thought it was nice. Sort of things were, um, it was repainted, but it was sort of nice to keep the the yeah light casing and have that unfortunate memory of um, all that unfortunate incident that my grandmother had. It was in France, and my parents were over there, and they packed it up and shipped it to Australia. And it, the, um, in those days, my father had a. 20-acre property and mm. uh, we had horses. So I used to ride this thing up and down the driveway. Our driveway was really, really long. It was about yeah, a, yeah. A, a mile. Yeah, right. And uh, I used to ride it up and down that. So I yep. loved riding. I loved sport. I loved, I loved. you know, I was, I was a bit of a jolly hockey stick so I didn't play with dolls. I was in the sand pit playing with cars <laughs> and I loved all that stuff. Yeah, I think for a lot of people that ex- first experience is probably on a property, you know, riding a motorbike somewhere, 
you know, when you're young and it's it's that first sense of real freedom and movement and, yeah, so you kind of have a romantic connection to it. So. Yes, and I think that was born by sort of going fast on the slope so the the next thing was sort of going fast on a, on a motorbike, having <laughs> wind in your hair and, you know, having that sensation of moving quickly. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, rode that. Then I was I was in boarding school, so I used to go on holidays to my friends' country properties, mm-hmm. and we'd ride dirt bikes in the paddocks and mustard sheep and things like that. So, yeah. And then pretty much until never really got on a bike until I was about forty, forty five. Yep. Yep. When uh, I met this guy, and he said, "Oh, look." You know, let's, you know, we organized the first date and uh, he rocked up on his ZX10. Yep. And as I've said so many times to me, I thought he was so sexy. I was like, (laughs) really was um, really impressed, very overwhelmed with a 1,000cc bike. Yeah. And... Particularly compared to 50cc's, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, A long way from the 50cc bike. I saw this bike and I remember he picked me up. It was raining. Like I think, yeah. So there I was in my, he gave me a yellow raincoat and I had some sort of red overpants from my ski days and I looked like a postman, seriously. (laughs) Not really well dressed for a first date, but um, (laughs) I, the thing I remember was um, I said, so we both sit in the, this seat here, which was the rider's seat, and he said, no, no, Fabian, you sit up on the pillion seat, which is here. I was like, oh, my God, I have to sit on that tiny little triangle at the top of the <laughs> at the end. Oh, the poor guy, hands digging in his kidneys, and uh, we went off on our first date. And then from pretty much from there, uh, I pillion for a year on the back. Right, yeah, yeah. Yep. It was really interesting being a pillion for one year. You mm. got to a little bit like bang a fly on the wall. Yes, yes. You got to see what speed he was going into the corners, the line he was taking. Um, he obviously told me how to uh, how to react as a pillion yep. and what to yep. do, um, understanding the balance of the bike and getting the, that feel for it as well. I imagine, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So it was a really nice sort of um, learning curve, not actually operating but observing. Yes, yeah. And do you find that that's that's like an interesting journey? That I imagine that there's a lot of you know, girlfriends and wives and so on that have that similar sort of experience of starting as as going jumping on the back and then eventually going, you know what, my turn. Yeah, is that it? Do you find that that's a common experience? Uh, yes, I have had clients that have rung me up that have um, had time in the pillion seat and want to do it on their own. However, it wasn't the same for me. I was quite happy to stay on the pillion seat. Right, yeah, yeah. And it was actually my ex-boyfriend that said, I think you should go out on your own. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was like, I was a little bit, um, no, I I actually thought, no, I really want to stay as a pillion. (laughs) So um, he coerced me into buying my first bike, which was a Honda CB400. Right, nice, yep. A little bit on the heavier side. Yep. I did my learners, uh, did the knowledge test, 
And even though I had a history of riding that mobilette and riding dirt bikes, I was really, I was really scared. I must say, after finishing the, um, doing the two-day course at mm. the um, Service New South Wales endorsed company, yep. I was really, oh my god, I can, yeah. go, I can go out. I'm so super scared. He started me just in my neighbourhood. He wasn't on a bike. He was walking. We did. I remember just riding out and um, just riding in my streets. And one thing I do remember, I remember pulling in the clutch maybe 50 metres before I was supposed to stop. <laughs> Things like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and the, there were it was those things that I can uh, that I know I've been through and I know yeah. that my students do and they don't quite understand when to do things, how to do things, um, and I can pass on my mm. own experience. Yep. The training itself. So my ex partner and I. Or my partner at that stage, we nearly broke up about five times. <laughs> when we Learning to ride the bike? Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> it was um, pretty, pretty bad. So that was one, that was the main reason why I started Girl Talk. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's just not conducive to learning in a relaxed space. Mm. Yep. And I think if you're relaxed and um, the information is um, given in a, in a really calm process with explanation, demonstration, it mm. just makes that learning process a lot, lot easier. Oh, 100%. I think it's the same with, you know, you see you know, people get their L's in, in the car and the parents are teaching them. Yeah. And then you've got that baggage of that relationship there that, as yeah. well. And it's yeah. like, yeah, so that's always a, a, a thing you've got to sort of overcome. But, yeah, if you get an independent person mm. doing it instead, that's suddenly true. it sort of breaks down those barriers a bit and it's just all about the, the, the conversation rather than being about sort of, you're my parent, you're telling me what to do and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Well, yeah. That that's, was very much the case. It was, don't tell me what to do. And he would say, well, just do it, just do it. <laughs> I, mean, I just don't want to just do it. I just need you to tell me, explain to me why I'm doing it. So yeah. um, there was that. I think also when I was, was riding on my own and we used to ride to, you know, the old Pacific Highway, I used to see mm-hmm. – women on bikes that were way too big for them. They like, yeah. hardly touch the ground with their, yeah. on the, with their tippy toes. It was – and I saw them, you know, um, from tippy toe and they hadn't even taken off. They would put their feet straight up on onto the pegs and yep. there was this, you know, wobble and I was thinking their friends have gone off. They've been left behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that in itself, she's trying to hurry up. She's not managing yes. the risk properly. And then, the, you know, you can only sort of definitely. I mean, that's so often the case, isn't it, with um, you know, the people tend to overstep their own boundaries because they're just trying to keep up with everyone else. Yeah. And so, you know, taking a step back and, and getting getting yourself up, you know, getting yourself comfortable and, and, and developing your own skills before you try and sort of ride with other people, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I liked um, you had on there ride safely, confidently, and stylishly. I like that. (laughs) 
Well, it's all about. I mean, depending. Is I suppose if you have a if you're interested in the that cafe um, cafe racer cafe cafe style genre of bike, you can be so much more expressive with your your gear. I mm. think each each genre of bike has really dictates sort of the clothes yep. that you wear. Um, yes. And um, that's one of the services that I offer, um, not only sourcing a bike but also sourcing gear for riders that really don't know where to start. That Actually, can we touch on that for a moment because I found that really interesting. So you do, you know, guided sort of um, – it's not instructional but it's like you're just helping them through that process of – uh, what bike to buy and what gear to get and all that sort of stuff. How to explain? How does that work? Um, well, that's a, they're they're separate services. Mm-hmm. It's the sourcing the bike uh, when they go through to my website. Um, they choose the services they want, and the um, the program spits out questions that relates to that service. Yep. Without you know, having to tick a hundred boxes, we ask the obvious questions. How tall mm. are you? What's your inside leg? You know, what sort of bike do you want? Um, yep. What sort of genre of bike do you yep. want? Because they have to choose that first, really. And there is, on my website, there is a motorbike suitability tab and they can go to the different genres of bike, read the description on each of those, and then they go, right, I want, you know, third race bike yep yep then that can dictate the gear that they need yes pretty much i will get in contact with my contacts see what they've got uh obviously go through bike sales um Mm. i tend to gravitate more towards the bikes that are available through the dealerships rather than privately there's just another level of um comfort and confidence well, also investigation. You need mm. someone that's uh, a professional person to see what the bike is like mechanically. Yes, yes. Um, you know if it comes from a dealer, it has been serviced and they've, they've fixed all those problems. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's something to be said for buying a bike through a dealership rather than private. Um, mm. If you've got someone that knows about bikes, um, yeah, obviously take that person along with you. Look for those telltale signs see if it's dropped you know checking chain give it a run see how it goes um then again there's only so much you can investigate at at a at a at a viewing um yeah and like every old bike something sort of springs a leak or something goes at some stage so well that's the compromise isn't it yeah because you can buy new um and spend some more money or you can buy a second hand and I mean, the second-hand market is pretty massive for motorbikes compared to new. Yeah, so absolutely, yeah, it is, and um, and I think even more so currently now with COVID, money's not so, money's a little bit tighter. Yeah, but they also they're also thinking during this time. Oh, I'm so bored. Oh, gee, I might just start riding a motorbike. Yeah. They go on the process and they they buy generally buy a second-hand bike. Have you seen that as well, like in lockdown, because it is considered recreation and exercise, that a few people have picked it up? Oh, yeah. Look, before um, before I stopped work, it was so busy, really yeah, busy. Yeah, right. So that was an overflow from probably... Um, 
the previous lockdown? Or- uh, yeah, in between the lockdown. So that would have, Heart would have been, or oh, one of the Heart Stay Upright, the Service New South Wales endorsed companies would have been pumping sort of December, January, and then yeah. I get that overflow sort of March, April, May, June, July, and it was mid no tenth of July I stopped working. Right, right, so right. It just sort of seven days a week to just stop and do. Wow. Something. Yeah. And this is your full time gig, yeah. It's not just a side gig. It's it is a, a bit full-time of both. gig. No, yeah, no, it's yeah. a full-time gig. Uh, in fact, I was at one stage working seven days, um, seeing two clients a day, sometimes three. So that's six, four to six hours tuition, but that's also travel time. That could be mm. I could be riding to Wollongong and coming back well, next day riding to Newcastle. That's pretty yeah. much the So you're looking at a... Eight-hour day on a bike, um, seeing different clients, um, and each of those clients, I've got a really good system. I can access everything, all my notes on each client on my phone, mm-hmm. so I can see the homework that I've given them. Where right, they- yeah, yeah. So it's it's all there in the palm of my hand, and it's it's a great tool to to have because I can pretty much follow up from last session yep. know what their strengths and weaknesses are from that last session so it flows through seamlessly even though there's been a three-week gap mm-hmm. between the two sessions where they've been practicing the homework that it, that's been set awesome yeah that's a good little business by the sounds of it yeah no, <laughs> so many women say to me oh my god fabian it was so great that i met you i don't know what i would have done without you um in fact Last week, I had a client who I saw, she finished her package of three. We have different packages. You could either buy one lesson or a package of two, three, right, right, four, yep. five. She had, um, she had purchased a three-lesson package, uh, three package and um, she finished those in 2020. And I got a, just a call from her last week. She was in my phone. Her name came up. I said, hi, Nicole. Oh, my God, it was great to hear from you. How are you? Chatted, you know, talked about how she was going. And she said, yeah. Fabian, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to buy this sort of bike and I really wanted to run it past you. And I was so appreciative you know, one of my girls yeah. calling me up, just ringing me to get the tick of approval. And we spoke for about 40 minutes. That's a long time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my time, but I'm more than happy to talk it through with her. And, um, and, uh, I think the next day I got a text saying, she's really excited she put a deposit on the bike. So, awesome. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that must be a really rewarding part of running this sort of business it is very rewarding i've yeah. I never thought i would be a teacher yeah yeah um, and we you asked me what you know what are my most rewarding moments yeah i think professionally i see women you can read their faces you can read their their body language mm-hmm. they're very tight their faces yep. are tight they're nervous they're apprehensive mm. they have self-doubt um, and, um, then once 
you start explaining, you take the lesson. By the end of the lesson, there's excitement, there's smile, yeah. their eyes are wider, they're more relaxed, they're more expressive and even more chatty. Yeah, 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 yep, yep. And to go from that, the start of the lesson to two hours later, they yeah. can't wait to get their homework. They can't wait to get their to go to get on to their next session. Yep. And they're enjoying this journey. Yeah, yeah. So that's professionally, personally for me, I think it was <laughs> questioning where I sat in that ZX on that ZX ten on that date. Yep, yep. Five years later riding that bike on the track at Sydney Motorsport Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then like doing some overseas overseas rides and being yeah. on, you know, twelve day adventure tour through um I did one sort of uh where did we start? Italy, Sardinia, Corsica. I had it on my list actually to ask you about that because I think you said you had done three big international long-haul trips. So so tell us about that. Oh, that was amazing, Bert. It was (laughs) so good. It was really exciting to get to. uh, It was uh, we were in uh, started in Venice. Yep. And um, I will plug the company. It was Adriatic Adriatic Tours. Awesome. Yep. Um, it was. Are they based in Australia and no, do a thing based, overseas, or they're yeah, over there. They're based in, I think, Slovenia. Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. And uh, they do lots of different trips. Um, so there was the. Um, uh, they do France, the Balkans, um, uh, this Italy, Sardinia, Corsica trip. And I remember getting arriving at the hotel, and um, you have you know the first meeting. I didn't – I had two options for bikes. One was more of a Motard-type bike. The other one was a F600 BMW naked right. upright. Yep. And I'm so glad I chose the naked upright. Oh, my God, this thing loved the twisties. And there's yeah. twisties forever. Twisties. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's a full-on day and – I think some of the things that freaked me out were, you know, you're hugging this mountain. Thank God the, you're riding on the other side of the road. So we're in the inside <laughs> lane and there's a one-foot dry stone wall and a, you know, 40-foot cliff. Yep, on the yep. Outside. Um, Which I imagine looks spectacular but is a little nerving. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, just focus on the vanishing point. Don't start looking out to the sea. Um, yep. <laughs> um, and I remember... Oh, gosh, it was twisties for at least 20 minutes, just went on wow. and on and on. And I remember when we finished and it, we rode out, it was a straight into a straight and I really I pumped my fist. It was just, it was like a workout in a gym. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. So we traveled down to Livorno, down, uh, we're talking the top of the boot. And then mm. um, sort of did a big loop around probably halfway down through Sardinia, then hopped on a ferry and went to uh, Corsica. Right, and right. That's nice. tiring. Like that's six, six, to eight, six to eight hours a day for 12 days. Wow. You spent at the end of the day and then you just do it all over again. 
we had one rest day where we rented boats and um, mm-hmm. zodiacs, and we went out and had a picnic and on the on a beach somewhere. It was awesome. Yeah, and that that was that was fantastic. I loved that. Um, really taxing on the body, but um, yeah, that was a tick off the bucket list. And then my last uh, trip was northern Spain on a, um, a BMW. 1200 GS. Right, right, yes, yep. And was that all uh, paved or was there dirt in that as well? Or? Uh, all paved. All paved, yep, yep. So freeway, then into the mountainous areas, just the northern yep. areas. Um, and that was, you know, not only riding, but it was a bit of a food extravaganza too. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. That was great. That's um, You can actually see that on stories in um, on my Instagram. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, I'll check that out for sure. Yeah, I've, I've definitely I've been bitten by that bug of of you know doing those big adventures. So yeah, I think um, we'll look we're looking at doing ones here in Australia first, and then sort of look at um, you know where we take it from from there. But yeah, I'd still love to do one of those big ones. That actually sounds fantastic. The, it's well know, worth the money. And it's it's easy. Guarantee you will get hooked. Yeah, <laughs> it's easier to sell to your partner as well when you say, "Well, oh, we're going to go on an overseas holiday and visit all these places." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what's the plans for the future around Girl Talk? Is um, obviously the e-learning was a was an interesting step. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you got any plans to to take it any further, or in terms of e-learning, look. Um, it would be great to get feedback from people, um, you know, further down the track and see how we can perfect the e-learning. Mm. Uh, but I think in terms of the way we set it up, it's 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 really good. And I'm really excited that we can um, launch this at a perfect time and give some confidence to the new riders and riders that will really want to refresh their skills. Mm. on that so yeah really excited about the e-learning um we also have um monthly rides um they've they've been a little bit more sporadic yeah um now uh or even uh, even before lockdown when we were when i was operating there just wasn't enough time because i was training on the weekends it's also getting i have another um sort of girl talk ambassador she leads the rides um my ride weekend rides are invitation only to my students so um we're not in a situation where i'm pulling in the public and we're going on a ride where some riders are not up to the Mm. level of the ride so i go through all my clients and vet them to see and i know uh, where they are all at and if I can invite them. So uh, it's a small group, max 10. We average around, you know, four to six. And, you know, smaller groups are better because you get more yeah. you get more attention because they are rides that um, have a bit of training. Um, right, nice, yep. Thrown in. So um, Anthea, she's up the front. I speak to her with Bluetooth. So if we're mm. riding um, through um, traffic lights, I can let her know that we've got stuck. She, yep, yep. The group pulls over and then we can all um, ride together again. Um, I sit at the back or I might sort of place myself in the middle 
and um, I can check riders, but from the back I can view what people yeah. are doing. They've been really popular. I find that in groups women really support each other rather mm-hmm. than it's not um, it's not ego-driven like you yeah, like yeah. compare it to a group. Oh, it's always a thing like, you know, the blokey approach is like, yeah, well, you know, get all macho and sort of, you know, try to show off skills and stuff like that, which I must admit personally, I really like the group that we ride with because we don't do that. You know, we, we've, we've sort of, I think it's yeah, part of getting older as well. You sort of st- stop feeling the need to have to prove yourself and stuff like that. So, you know, I actually find it really enjoyable now because we just ride to the pace that we're comfortable with and we just enjoy the riding and we're not trying to sort of outdo each other or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. And there's one of us we know is actually way better than any of us. So, yeah, <laughs> he used to race bikes. So, oh, yeah, right. we, none of us could, can compare to Gary anyway. So it doesn't really, you know, there's no point competing. So, um, but, yeah, yeah, I definitely feel, and it's interesting because he said back in, you know, when he was racing that he couldn't understand why people just went for a ride. Yeah, you, know, you you ride to win, you know. Well, and but now he's so different to that, yeah, you know, that that thought. He's so far away from that. He goes, I'll oh, just enjoy just riding. And it's the mateship and the connection and the chatting and the you know, the having the burger at the at the pub and so that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. I look this I've been riding for twelve years, which is look, it's not a long time. Some guys have been riding for 45, 50 years. I feel like 12 is nothing, or actually 13 now. But over that time, you form your little tribe, don't you? Yeah. I'm I'm sure with your group and I know with my small tribe of girls, we all understand how each other rides. Yeah. So you know that, you know, um, let's call her Jane, for example. Jane's going to pull out and just shoot ahead, and she's just got at some point of the um, of the ride, she's going to fly past you, obviously overtaking in a safe spot. But yep. you know she's going to do it, and that's what Jane does, and we know that and respect it. And yep. Yep. We're, we're you know we're all we're very safe. Um, all look out for each other. But you do you pick the tribe that um, you really feel comfortable with, and. Um, um, yeah, I don't really want to ride with people who are careless, silly riders. That can only mean one thing in the end. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's that mutual enjoyment like the and the appreciation of company and doing something that you really like to do and seeing places. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's, that's one of the things we always focus on and, and that was one of the things of coming up with motor rides in the first place was about you know the the true reason you're riding and it's not because you want to just get out in front of everyone you're riding because you in, enjoy seeing the world and you know and, and if you go out there all stressed out and get to the end of it and like you know feeling as though you've, you've pushed beyond your boundaries and you're you know that's not the reason you do it so yeah it's yeah, you want to get back to the true enjoyment of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, talking about, yeah, the future, um, I would love to do an overseas trip with some girls. I really yep. would. Um, look, I think, look, there's so many places that you could you could go to. You could do your own thing. You could also, you know, subcontract out a company that, 
that's already doing it and take out the heartache. But um, the thought crossed my mind um, because I ski a lot. um, Yes. I've skied. I spent a lot of time in Canada in a place called Whistler. I don't know if you're right. Yep. Um, I've skied myself. um, Do you? Unfortunately, I haven't had much opportunity. I've skied in Japan, but but nothing beyond that. But um, Well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was actually pretty amazing. We went to Nazar Onsen, and um, yeah, that that was pretty cool. So um, I've been there in summer. So I right, went to yep. one of my great friends. Um, she got married in the summer, and um, I went to her wedding. And it's oh my god, like it's a completely different place. No snow, yeah, It's beautiful, and the roads are pretty. the The roads are beautiful. Great, uh, also in uh, the great sealed roads in good condition. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I thought with all the, I know a lot of locals there and I thought, you know what, you could make something, you could create a really special tour and tap in on, um, you know, having a drink at a private home, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Talking, talking to my friends and knowing really good spots to stop at, hotels to stay at. You could, you could do that, but obviously yep. parked at the moment because um, we're not going anywhere. But, yes, yes. Um, but it's a good time to plan, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm planning sort of um, home soil at the moment. That maybe that'll be in the future. That's something I'd yep. like to do, but um, we'll see. Again, you know, I think because we're so starved of um, overseas travel at the moment, I think a lot of people would probably, I don't know, go and see their family first before they go on, on a motorbike trip. But but that's later on. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think we're doing the same. We've got these plans for catching up with family. But at the same time, I've got, you know, stuff happening in the background of like, you know, we've got to get out and go for a big ride somewhere. It's just... Yeah, missing. Oh, there's only so much you can do in your own in your LGA. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, I know. Ride around in a in a five kilometer circle, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we're we're pretty lucky. We're in the Hills District, so we got um, we can go up to Wiseman's Ferry, so we can go oh, on Northern Road. Yeah. So yeah, we're very lucky. Yeah, I've got like I've got rows and rows of traffic lights. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've actually ridden to. I um a doctor's appointment and I yep. thought, no, I'm not gonna go to the tunnel, I'm gonna go Parramatta Road. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. For something like rows and rows of traffic lights. That's that's my wow for you know <laughs> I mean I'm allowed to go because it's a doctor's it's a doctor's appointment, but um yep. you know, to pick yep. Parramatta Road over the tunnel, I mean this crazy oh, yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah exactly it's uh desperate times call for def- desperate measures that's yeah right. that's right yeah. yeah yeah all right so how can um how can girls get in contact with you if they're wanting to to get some training they can uh call me then mobile is on the website but um the better thing to do if they want to chat they can call me but um to go through the contact page on the yep. website is the best place. So fill in the yep. fields, put in their name, email number, uh, email address, and um, and f- uh, mobile number, and yep. that goes into the system. I can then call them and then start writing my notes in their profile from the very nice. first time that I speak to them. Everyone's got a different story. 
Yeah. yeah. And um, different weaknesses, um, you know, different strengths. And um, from there I can map out the best approach for them. Yeah, Um, nice. And I know pretty much where to start them from. But um, they know that they'll get one-on-one private training and um, they know that it will come from a female perspective. Yep. You know, Um, it's about patience. It's about communication. Sure, I train them on public roads and open spaces, but the great thing about Girl Talk is that I'm training them in their streets in their neighbourhood. Like they yeah. can go to a Service New South Wales endorsed company and they'll go to their open space. That's not reality. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I can help them navigate their garage. I can help them. And I've seen some gnarly driveways too, let me tell you. Yeah, I can imagine. So I can help them with that. Um, yeah. That's some of the hardest riding is in the driveway. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but it's, you know, it's training for safer, safer riding on all types of roads. Um, yeah. I break things down. And as I said, uh, I, 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 in detail, I tell them why they're doing what they're doing. Oh, I yeah. tell them why they should be doing this. Um, and it really, you know, a lot of them have these sort of like bold moments and they understand, oh, right. Okay, mm. so I understand why I have to bring the clutch in this way and when I need to, and the clutch is does this to the bike. Yeah, yeah. I offer them water if they, <laughs> they feel a bit dehydrated, and let me tell them, tell you. It's the things you don't think about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That, that really makes a difference, yeah. So I pack a bottle of water for myself, a bottle of water for them, and I yep. can't tell you how many people appreciate that. Um. The homework that's always sent to them after the lesson, and I even take photos. Obviously, the photos are for my Instagram, but who has a sort of rock star shot of themselves with their motorbike? Absolutely, so yeah, yeah. I do all the levels on the on the on the on the image, and I send them to them, and they love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's brilliant. I, I think it's a, a you know the. I'm actually a business consultant as well as my my main job, but um, yeah, this your business seems to really focus on um, the outcome that is best for the rider, you know. And it's 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 a lot of businesses tend to focus on you know their own objectives rather than the customer's objective, and yours seems to really be customer focused and yeah, focused on the the rewarding aspect of of um you know of riding which is amazing yeah and i see it you know i see uh i see it in social media when you know you go onto group chats and i may have been tagged in a in a in a um comment that one of my students has has um, posted and they you know they 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 say that they they were so happy that they had met me and um and it's so rewarding for me to see how far these girls have come because i've been there yeah and i know what it feels like um 
yeah, it's it's very rewarding, and I'm um, it's sort of like they're they're my little family. They're all my <laughs> and I do get very protective, but you know they have to yeah. spread their wings and they they go out and um, they 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 go on their journey and and I know you know the pleasure that that journey can bring. Opening up a whole world to them. Absolutely, yeah, and you get to see I don't know something different about seeing the world from a car. And seeing the world from a motorbike, hundred percent. And um, yeah. I don't know. I think it's probably a little bit more open to meeting people as well. Yeah, I think it's you know you you, you humans like to to make connections, and they make connections by having things in common. So when you That's find it. out someone you know is also into motorbikes, it's an instant sort of. But it's also one of those things that's hard to explain. Yeah. Right, because when you say to someone, "Or oh, why do you ride a motorbike?" You know, it's like, well, because it's just really good. <laughs> it's really hard to explain. Yeah, that yeah. feeling. I know, and I'm I'm sure that once lockdown is lifted, we'll really get that sense of freedom and wind in your hair. And oh, hundred percent. I know, hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Well, um, Fabian, thank you for joining me today. This has been an awesome conversation, and uh, it's a brilliant business, and it sounds like it's it's. Um, it's really giving back to the motorcycling community, which is which is amazing. So well done on that. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. And, um, yeah, I, I hope to keep uh, increasing that ability for people to get out and, um, and ride. It's, it's very exciting. This podcast is brought to you by Moto Rides Australia. More than just a map for discovering your next ride, check it out at motorrides.com.au or you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. 